0: Hi, and welcome to the Days Gone podcast. I'm Claire Weaver, a screenwriter, author, and Days Gone fan, and this podcast is a place to discuss the game in all its glory, share my opinions, both popular and unpopular, and listen to me fangirl over one of the best games ever made. There will be spoilers ahead, so continue at your own risk. Welcome to The Freak Show. Before we get started, I have the usual reminders. Weekdays at 8am Mountain Time, you can watch me livestream my Days Gone Playthrough. I take on hordes, talk shit about rippers, and lay waste to ambush camps, all before I've had my morning cup of coffee. You can find me on my YouTube channel, 8-Bit Terror. I'm also a guest on the Spornicus Rex YouTube channel on Tuesdays and Fridays at 9pm Mountain. On Tuesdays, we're taking on the remake of The Last of Us, with me at the controls for a change, And on Fridays, we're doing a co-op playthrough of Dying Light. Get your Days Gone-inspired merchandise at daysgonepodcast.threadless.com. There's tees, tanks, stickers, pins, notebooks, mugs, art prints, and more. And it all ships internationally, so you can rep the game all around the world. Also, the Days Gone Podcast community now has a Discord server. Please come hang out and join the conversation. Okay. Today, we're going to do a character deep dive. These are always my favorite episodes because I just love talking about the characters and the story of the game. The focus of this episode is the badass botanist who makes a killer herbal tea, Dr. Sarah Whitaker. Joining me today for the discussion, I am very excited to welcome Jay Stabby, aka Jen. She's a mom, Pepsi lover, Days Gone Obsessed, and long-suffering Cubs fan. Hello, Jay Stabby. How are you doing?
1: Hello, Claire. I am very good today. Excited to to do this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. So before we get into the character deep dive, I do want to talk a little bit about Days Gone in general. I've had pro gamers on the show, game designers. You're more of a self-described casual gamer. What do you think it is about Days Gone that makes it so appealing for all different types of gamers?
1: Yeah, I definitely don't have a background as a gamer. Um, We played, you know, I had a Nintendo when I was a kid, but I had a brother and a sister. And, you know, you got to share those things were expensive. And the rule in the house was when you died, it was the next sibling's turn. I die within five seconds and my brother can go two or three hours. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm just going to read a book, (laughs) you know. A few years ago, I had started playing with my nephews because they're at that age where they like to play. And that's something different to, you know, be able to do at home. So I got an Xbox because that's what they had. And I knew how to use it. And I started with Lego games, not going to lie. Lego Marvel, Lego Jurassic Park. You know, I'm not in, I'm not good. I admit it. My hand-eye coordination's terrible. And my kiddo kept telling me, well, you know, if you had a PlayStation, we could share play things. And I'm like, so I traded the Xbox and got a PlayStation and then played some Lego games. But then I... Found Uncharted and had a lot of fun with Uncharted. Um, if we were doing a death count on my Uncharted, it would not be good.
0: <laughs> it would be really bad. But that's um, the great thing about those games is that they yeah. don't punish you for dying. It's like, hey, yeah, just try it again. Keep going. Yeah,
1: try again. It's fine. um Or get your kid to do that part for you. That's what I do. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I played Tomb Raider and really enjoyed it. Um, Right around pandemic time and I was in a Marvel discord um, and everybody was talking about like the gaming they were doing to like stay sane when we were all, you know, on lockdown. And everybody was talking about, I believe it was Animal Crossing at the time. Oh, which is yeah. Nintendo. Animal
0: Crossing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, where you share the plants or whatever. And I'm like, eh, I don't even have a Nintendo. That doesn't sound fun. And hidden in these little comments was a guy that's like, I'm playing Days Gone when you play Days Gone, you get to be a badass biker, and you kill these things that are like zombies, and, you know, you ride around on this motorcycle all day, and it's kick-ass, and blah, 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 and I thought, hmm, so I went, and I looked it up, and I'm like, well, that sounds cool. I'm a really bad Lego driver, but, I mean, it can't be that bad to ride a motorcycle, right? If I suck, <laughs> I'll walk everywhere. Um, and then it sat on my shelf, as things do, and I played, I think, Uncharted again, and I'm like, I'm bored. So I put in Days Gone in February, and I'm not sure I have not played it since then. There's something. Number one, it's the storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm a book reader. If I'm not playing Days Gone, if I'm not quite obsessed yet, I can read a book a day. So the story really called to me. But the big thing for Days Gone is, uh, you know, I know you talk about it. Rex talks about it. Everybody can play the way they want to. There's there's yeah. so much there that allows you. You can be stealthy. You can sit in a bush for six hours. Um, You can go in like Borislav, guns blazing, you know, however you (laughs) want to do it, you're fine. I will never be Borislav.
0: Um, None of us ever will. There's only one Boris. None of us can come close to him.
1: (laughs) No, no, I don't even try. Um, I could try and then I would die a lot.
0: Right. Um, I have tried and I died a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, so we've all seen subreddits that are awful where people just like to fight and be rude and stupid. Mm -hmm. And when I first started the game, I'm very much super adventurous, especially with something new. So when the game said, go find bandages for Boozer, I went and found bandages for Boozer. (laughs) And it says to take on that very first ambush camp. And I did that with this shitty nine millimeter and it was awful. But, and then I'm like, but I need this story. This story already is so good. If I keep having to replay things and hear one piece of dialogue 50 times, I'm not going to give it a chance i'm gonna get bored mm-hmm. so as one does um i looked a couple things up and then it takes you to reddit and i was real nervous because sometimes reddit is rude but i thought oh this subreddit's pretty nice and here's this guy named sponicus rex who keeps answering my questions he's really nice about it and then i found the best early game start guide right mm-hmm. and the first thing it says is we're gonna go kill some hordes and i said oh no we're not we're absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> like when I went near the Death Train horde, the game says run away, and I did that really well.
0: Same, same. I, I'm yeah. like, I'm the sort of gamer. I'll follow the instructor. When the game tells you yeah. go do X, I'm like, okay, that's okay. what the game wants me to it. do. On my second yeah. playthrough, I'll do things a little differently, but the first playthrough I follow as I'm told. So when it says, yes. ooh, hordes are scary. You should run away from them. I'm run like, away. okay, yes, sir, I'll run away.
1: Works that works for me because I saw that death train horde following me. And I was like, Oh, oh no, 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 no. Um, but you know, you, he shows why you want that gun. That gun's great. And I'm like, I'm a really bad shot. I think we better get this gun. So about that time I had told my kid how good the game was. And I'm like, you got to share play with me and watch. So he took out the shadow lake horde with like one grenade and I'm feeling all cocky. And then I went back to the death train horde and like died forever. <laughs> um the the, the Spanakus Rex method there is not my method. It it did never work the way I throw a damn rock instead of a tractor in front oh, of, you know, yeah. the gas tank. <laughs> that that's not going to end well for me. Mm-hmm. Um but we got there in the end and just, you know, being able to ask questions on a subreddit where people weren't rude, you know. Um like I want to take on some more hordes or I want to do this. What do? You, what kind of guns do you guys carry? Because I haven't really tried much yet. And people are like, oh, I do this. And the, so it gives you stuff that you can try. Find right, out what works right. for you.
0: Yeah, and a lot so, of subreddits will be, uh, they'll say like, oh, how do you not know this? How are you, why, yes. are you, this is a dumb question. It's like, well, it's not though. Yeah. Everyone has questions. Right. Everyone has an a level at which they are at, mm-hmm. and that's totally like you are allowed to enjoy games if you're not an air yes. quotes gamer. That's exactly. designed for the average person. It's just because yes. pro gamers, like people who have way too much time on their hands to play video mm-hmm. games, and way too high an opinion of themselves when they get so, on subreddits, you know, yes. it's like ah, those people turn off people like you and I, more casual gamers, yes. or just more, you know, I'm just gaming for entertainment. I'm gaming to enjoy this. I yeah. don't need to be the best at it. And I've said this before on the podcast, there is no the best at Days Gone. Is Borislav the best because he can kill the Mount Bailey horde in 14 seconds? He's good. But does that make him the best? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, is Spornicus Rex the best because he can do the Iron Butte horde with no shots fired? Does that make him the best? Maybe, but maybe not. You know, it's it's all Mm -hmm. subjective. Totally subjective. Exactly.
1: And, I mean, I play, and I killed the Iron Butte horde. It took a lot more than one shot, but they're still dead. Yeah. So, yeah. you know,
0: I, I don't dead need is dead. to be
1: the best. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not competitive like that. Like I, I'm just not. I don't have to have, like for the challenges, I don't have to have my name on the leaderboard. I just want the gold medal. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. And you, <laughs> you know? you've
0: got the gold medals. You've been working on that recently, haven't you?
1: I do, yep. I got all of them. God, not that long ago. Maybe a month or two. Holy
0: shit. Congratulations. Yeah, All gold. Of All gold, yep. And you've only been playing the game since February?
1: February. Mm-hmm. Damn.
0: Damn. Yeah. Good it's, job.
1: It's one of those... Thank you. It's one of those things where I love the storyline, but I also can play the game because of the really good start that I got on my first playthrough from the community Mm -hmm. um and so now when I go out I you know I run at night because who cares you know I'm a badass go ahead I ran into a horde feeding oh yep well yeah they got me I definitely you know used a med kit there but in the end you're dead and I'm not yeah so Uh um I think the Jens lake horde like has it out for me because now when I play (laughs) I forget that their feeding ground is right by that damn nest. And I will go take out that nest at night and they will try to eat me. And I'm like,
0: "That you that one, so I
1: forgot about that.
0: <laughs> the, that one is hard to get up in that feeding ground. Really hard yeah. to get. I try every time and every time I'm schooled. Hey, you should have listened to past Claire. Past Claire was telling you, no, 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 no. Don't do you that. You died the last time you tried this. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's good. I got it. this Oh, no, shit, I'm dead.
1: I usually die the first time because I forget and like my eyesight's not the best so I had to get a gaming chair so I can sit a little closer and like oh wow I don't die as much when I can actually see who's shooting at me this is
0: great um pro tip use your eyes to see who's shooting at you yeah make
1: sure you can see oh that's a bad guy (laughs) behind that tree awesome oh wait no that one's just a tree um (laughs) but it's so dark up there Mm -hmm. that like literally the first time that i did it at night and i went to take out that nest i'm like where in the hell are all these freakers coming from so i got eaten several times i'm like "Uh "Uh-uh." so i waited till the daytime and i drove back up there i'm like you dumbass there's a feeding ground literally right there Mm -hmm. so yeah now we know it's there though so
0: yeah it's you learn something every time every playthrough
1: uh you do Every you generally learn it the I hard watch, way. Yep. <laughs> there is no easy way in Days Gone.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: That's why I love it so much, because I can play it. I don't die 700 times and get frustrated. Um, there's some weird switch in my brain that says I should be good at games because I'm a grown-ass adult. You know, I I feel like I should be better than I am. So it, I can get frustrated. And when my kiddo share plays with me, um, she'll tell. You're getting a little grumpy, Mom. Like you're right, I am. It's bedtime. I'm grounding myself <laughs> on <the> PlayStation.
0: <laughs> it's like when you're a kid and your you know your mom tells you stop sitting so close to the TV; you'll hurt your eyes. And time to turn off those video games. They'll they'll rot your brain. You've been playing the video game for hours, and now here you are sitting close to the TV, playing video games for hours. <laughs> for hours. <laughs> yep. Uh so what is your absolute favorite thing about the game? I know you said you really like the story and obviously, you know, you mm-hmm. love the, the game playing loop, but what's your, if you could only pick one thing, what's your favorite?
1: Um, taking out the hordes. I freaking love it. I reset them now. My kiddo actually shared play with me not too long ago. She wanted to see some of their survival too. And I drove past a horde at night in a feeding ground and I got off the bike and she's like, uh, what are you doing? My mom <laughs> will kill that horde. She's like, it's not daytime. I'm like, I know. I don't do that anymore. And she she was like, wow. Just watching you play, because she was there at the very first one, she's like, I can tell how much better you've gotten and like how much more confident how much fun you're having. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the sawmill Horde. I hated that Horde. I avoided anything to do, like that stupid one with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Two dog ran straight into the damn sawmill and almost got me eaten i was terrified <laughs> but now i reset hordes for fun they get, uh, it's just definitely a chance i'm still scared of them but i will fight them
0: damn skippy um,
1: i would say that is my favorite i just love killing hordes
0: awesome all right, let's get into our topic for the day, uh, which is talking about Sarah yes. Whittaker. I want to start, I have the art book. I don't know, do you have a copy of the art book, Jay Stabby? I do. You do? Awesome. So you've probably read this already. Um, but I just want to read out the opening paragraph about Sarah. And it says, In Days Gone, character development is intricately tied to the story. For the player to sympathize with Deacon's feelings of loss and regret we had to make his memories of Sarah real. We did this, hopefully, by making them playable flashbacks that tell us who she is, why she's out in the Belknap wilderness, why she date and fall for an outlaw biker like Deacon St. John, and what happened to her as the world was ending. An important character in her own right, Sarah is first and foremost a counterpoint to Deacon. She is highly educated with two degrees, while Deacon is a high school dropout, She comes from an upper class family while Deacon is from the other side of the tracks. She is terrified of guns and violence, which Deacon, as an outlaw biker, embraces. In almost every way, she is Deacon's opposite, but she is also the only woman he would ever love. Putting her on that Nero helo the night the world ended and not going with her would haunt him for years to come. I think that beautifully encapsulates who she is and why she's part of the story. Because although she's an awesome character, this is fully Deacon's story, and every character in it is a reflection of the theme and is a way to challenge Deacon and progress his character arc.
1: Yeah, you know, when you watch enough movies and TV and you read books, I mean, we're all very well aware of, you know, this female character to do something bad to her, so that the the man character can like grow mm-hmm. and, and whatever. Very much like the fact that I don't feel like Days Gone went there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Sarah is. I mean, he's obviously guilt ridden, of course, because he put her on the chopper. He left her when he promised her he never would. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sarah is very much her own person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not
1: just there. Yeah. So that Deke has like, you know, a mission to do or something.
0: I like to think of her as perhaps the best female character in any video game I've ever seen. She has so much going on that makes her her own person. And I think that's so important for the game, for the story, for Deacon, but also just in putting a female character into a video game. It's like, thank God, we finally have a female character that isn't just the love interest or just a pair of tits on legs or whatever. Exactly. Or like you say, just a mission. You know, it's like she's mm-hmm. a real person. She has depth. She has history. She has a point of view. She has a personality. She has a relationship with Deacon and with Boozer. You know, they have mm-hmm. uh it's it's only hinted at, but they have a strong brother-sister kind of Relationship, you feel it. It feels real. Yes,
1: they. Okay, so I I mentioned that I love Uncharted. You know, the story is great. The treasure hunting is great. I, I like all of that. But I cannot tell you how many games I played before I could finally remember that Chloe was Chloe and Elena was like I would forget <laughs> who was who. The mm-hmm. NPCs aren't super memorable. I know all of these characters in Days Gone. And I did on the very first playthrough. I remember Mm -hmm. that I could go to Lost Lake, you know, and that's where I was going to see Ricky and Blair, you know, um, and they were going to be thirsty. Um,
0: (laughs) Uh, Side side question, side question real quick. mm -hmm. Do you think Blair is thirsty for Deke?
1: She gets to flirt on a little bit, but I think that maybe for her, it's just like kind of an innate thing. Like people just like to flirt and they don't mean anything by it. It's just fun.
0: Mm, Yeah maybe a little uh, memories of how the world used to be when you could be a little more carefree and you could Mm -hmm. have fun and it's like, oh, hey, I can just float this guy and it's thank God it's harmless fun. We can just relax for a minute.
1: There's a hot man here and I can just kind of make eyes at him and it doesn't mean anything and it's just going to make me smile and and hopefully he'll smile and, and that's what it is. Yeah ricky would jump him i don't think blair would
0: yeah and also there's the the side comment about blair has a girlfriend i
1: forget what her
0: name is but she does have a girlfriend so i don't know i I mean ricky also has a girlfriend so (laughs) yeah that didn't seem to stop her
1: no it does not and i mean i know People, you know, we can go round and round about Ricky and uh, everybody has opinions about Ricky. I think she's a good character. I think she's really good at being like Deacon's little um, devil on his shoulder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in his ear telling and she tells it at first, because obviously when I play, I am Deacon. So I didn't like it when she's all snarky and telling us shit that we know is true, but I want to hear it. <laughs> But she's right about a lot of that. But what turns me off on Ricky is the obvious implications that she would cheat on Addie because yeah. we are given no indication that Addie's okay with an open relationship.
0: Oh, if in fact, wants, we're given it the it opposite. We're, yeah, exactly. we're given very much the impression that she is not okay with an open relationship, that yes. this is a Addie and Ricky relationship beginning, middle and end. Like that is it. It's not supposed to be open or um, not even supposed to be casual. It's not like they're just fuck buddies or, you know, friends with benefits or, yeah, we're kind of dating or something. It's like, Addie's really coming at it like, no, we're hardcore in a relationship.
1: Relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like she disrespects Addie a lot in the way that she talks about their relationship Mm because she doesn't act like they're in one. So yeah, that's my issue with Ricky. There's a lot about her that I like.
0: I love Ricky. Yeah. I love how she challenges Deacon. I love yes. that she does challenge him in the same way that Boozer challenges him. But do I want Deacon in a relationship with her? No. Hell fucking no.
1: And if he was at the point where he wanted to do something casual, say, like he was ready to move on from Sarah, if they had had a one-night stand, I you know, wouldn't have liked it because of Addie. Right, but at least you know it would have been his choice, whatever, but we all know Deacon's loyal, and he would never do
0: that. Mhm, yeah, and not just loyal. i mean he's he's still grieving, he's still mhm he's not ready to move on at all, no yeah,
1: no, and and we get evidence of that throughout the entire game, so
0: yeah, yeah, all right, let's start out talking mm-hmm. about past Sarah, so the Sarah from the flashbacks. Uh, you know the Sarah that we know from the art book, like some of the information we get from this. Uh, and I also want to dive into the uh, the meet cute, the meeting scene where uh, Deacon <laughs> yes. Sarah first meets. That is the, one of the best scenes in the game. Um, but yeah, let's run yes. through what do we know about Sarah? Mm-hmm. What kind of person is she pre collapse? Pre
1: collapse, um, definitely like the a nerd. wouldn't you say like she's she's very much a a scientist and and she's so into what she does and it's so cute when she talks to him about plants and stuff and she doesn't realize it and she's just kind of going on and on and she's like oh wait and he's like no you know they're just cute um and that's one thing I've got to say too um again coming from movies tv books I have a romantic bone in my body so I really absolutely hate it when movies are like, here's person A, and they have boy parts. Here's person B, and they have girl parts. They saw each other for five seconds, and they're in love forever. No, they're not. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Days Gone really could have gone that route with saying, Deacon obviously Deacon was in love with her because they got married. And they could have just left it at that and expected us to understand this love story and why he's still trying to find her and why he's still you know grieving her. But they didn't. They gave us these beautiful flashbacks that let us see that relationship grow. And they are fucking cute. I I can't lie about it. They're so cute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the chemistry between the actors. If it's the dialogue. It's some of the humor. It's a little different. It's not. um, They're really well thought out scenes. They don't use... Jokes that we've seen before, or cute relationship coupley things that we've seen before. It's actually, yeah. it, it's kind of, it's interesting and new. And each of the characters have a unique personality. You know, we have the little bit where Sarah doesn't get Deacon's sarcasm every fucking time. She she fails to to understand the sarcasm and <laughs> for a few seconds. She does. And it's so it's fucking adorable. And then the fact that Deacon will, uh, you know, just drop in things like that and just make self-deprecating jokes about how he's just like a dumb biker or something or she's kind of razzing him about the the whiteness and the, the potential for racism in that part of Oregon and, you know, he, yes. how he responds to that. <laughs> it's like just sweet, funny, slightly unexpected. Um, and yes. it tells you so much about their character. It tells you so much about... Who they are and why we should like them, you know, rather than it being kind of stock, a little basic. Uh, It's very well thought out.
1: Yeah, you know, they ran into each other at a coffee shop and he got her coffee and she got his and then they're flirty. And no, it was very much true to who they are as individuals. And I like how neither one of them ever tries to change the other one. Like they are obviously very opposite. But when he tells her that he, he was going to go nomad and she's like, I never would have asked you to do that. And she wouldn't have, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not what she wants for him. He did that because he wanted to for them. So probably so they could spend more time together or whatever, you know,
0: yeah,
1: or maybe hoping that her family would come around so that she didn't lose them. You know, oh, they're just, they're cute. They're, they really are cute. (laughs) They're a cute couple. And, I applaud how Days Gone handled it.
0: hmm definitely. And I love, I want to get into the meeting scene because that is, like I said, mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes. The thing I love about that is the way Deacon is not flirting with her at all to begin with. He recognizes the situation. He recognizes here's a potentially vulnerable young woman, uh, you know, broken down in the middle of fucking nowhere, in this place that he knows there are the, you know, the fucking guys in the pickup truck, you know, uh, what's his name, Cletus or whatever it is. Like, he knows those people are around. He knows there are other MCs around or or the members of his own motorcycle club. Like, they could come by and and potentially be a little more creepy or whatever. He knows how it is. He reads the situation and he doesn't, A, he doesn't hit on her, but he also, he disarms her with humor in a way it's not like, he's stopping and saying, hey, do you need help? You should get on my bike and come with me. I will totally help you and not kidnap you at all. You know, in a way that any woman would be like, no, thank you, dude. No, I don't trust you. I'm not getting on your bike. I'm not getting in your car. No. He actually disarms her in a a really nice, sweet, funny way where he pretends that he's lost. He's lost. (laughs) And of course, with Sarah being the one who doesn't pick up on that kind of humor, she's thinks that he's actually lost and is looking for directions and she falls for it and kind of gets a little annoyed and it's it helps her drop her her barriers and 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 everything and like when she realizes oh wait he is actually going to help me it's like he doesn't seem like a bad dude and that's a great way to start out that it's not oh hey sexy lady let me give you a ride and can I buy you some coffee sometime it's not that. It's like he's just genuinely helping her. And then he takes her, he hears her have the conversation on the phone with the guy who's going to send the truck. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's, she's a pretty good boyfriend. So it's cool. I'll just take her back right. and I'll wait with her or whatever. Turns out she doesn't have a boyfriend, but like he doesn't get all creepy and weird and like ask about it or anything. It's just so, he is so good in that scene.
1: I like that he, he basically gives her control back.
0: Like, mm, I get that mm-hmm. this
1: is a scary situation for you. So I'm going to pretend that I need the help and and we'll go from there. And then if you decide that, yeah, you want me to help you, I will absolutely do that. But I'm not going to be like this, you know, knight in shining armor that tells you this is how we we'll have to fix this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. He gives her the control. And she is someone who's actually capable and confident and and competent and can make decisions and take that control. And she's not portrayed as some, you know, helpless little damsel in distress. It's foreshadowing of what she's going to become, even though right now she's very much a normal person, you know, but she is a capable person. She is smart. She has, Mm -hmm. you know, a strong sense of self, uh, you know, because she talks about the things that she loves. And I believe it's in that scene she's even talking about what does she say? She, she tries to explain what research is, or something like that. It's yeah. so like she kind of gets a little carried away with like trying yeah. to explain herself. Um, but she's she's not someone who is shy, uh, and no. she's someone who can speak very eloquently about herself and the things that her, that interest her and the things that she has knowledge of, which you know is comes into play later when mm-hmm. she you know is in the militia and she's kind of. Uh, quite the voice of authority in some instances it's a, she's not that in the flashbacks but we know it's possible and plausible that she can become that the seeds are already there
1: definitely yes yeah. she is not some sort of you know shrieking violet thing that um going to need a big strong man to protect her she no she doesn't know how to use a gun but that doesn't mean she's helpless you know it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that she's you know, that airheaded, dumb, blonde uh, stereotype that we see so often. She has a brain and she's very, like when you get her going on a subject that she's knowledgeable about, she can just
0: talk. <laughs> yeah. So I get why Deacon loves Sarah, because she's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but why does she love him? Why does she see this, you know, sarcastic, wisecracking biker? And what? Mm-hmm. what's... It's almost like, what is in it for her? <laughs> Why do you think they connect so well?
1: I think as as the story really goes on, you see that kind of chivalry a bit with Deacon, but it's not like over the top. It's not a possessive, you're mine, little lady, and, and, and I'm going to take care of everything. He doesn't treat her like that. And a, again, kind of going to back to what I just said a second ago, She's a beautiful blonde woman. How many people have ever looked at her and seen her for her brain? Probably mm. not many. Mm-hmm. You know, um, blondes are, again, we've got that stereotype where they're empty headed and, they, you know, they're, they're worried about shopping and their figure and, and finding a man. He doesn't treat her like that, he treats her like a person in her own right.
0: Yeah, and he also doesn't put her on a pedestal. He respects her. I mean, he would do fucking anything for her. We know that. He loves her, but he doesn't coddle her. Or uh, like you say, he's not a a knight in shining armor. He's not like trying to white knight her and and protect her from the world and all that. He, He lets her be herself and supports her and loves her and sees her for what she is. What she and is. I think that's yes. that's maybe what it is, that he just, he sees her and she likes to be seen by him. She likes the way he sees her. She likes that he understands her and he's not trying to change her or not um, misunderstanding her and applying, you know, personality types onto her that aren't really there. You know, he's not like, oh, you're blonde, therefore you're dumb. It's like, no, he sees mm-hmm. that she's smart and he respects that and he likes that and he doesn't need to change that.
1: And I think that's one of the really cute things about that meeting scene, too, is that in the end, he's basically getting his ass kicked and she stomps it. And Uh how many, you know, quote unquote, manly men do you know who would just brush that off and been like, you know, I get I can see you're scared because you touched the gun. Let's let's, you know, let me help you. Instead of like, oh, you know, this can't happen and they're trying to like reassert their dominance because they feel like the little lady took it away from him. He doesn't mm. act like that. Yeah. You know, he's an asshole about a lot of stuff with other people, but he's never like that with her.
0: Deacon does have a strong sense of self as well. You know, he is comfortable with who he is. Um, and I think the two of them work, to, work well together because of that, because they, they are both comfortable and they are opposite, but they're not contrary to each other. So they complement each each other really well, and they're both self-assured enough to not feel threatened by that, not feel threatened when one individual's weaknesses are bolstered by the other person's strengths. They can step in for each other, and, and it's okay. I don't have to feel like I'm less of a man because i can't do this or cuz i don't know that or cuz so i don't speak latin or whatever and and my lady is smarter than me or whatever like deacon just embraces it he's like no it's cool
1: yeah it's great cuz you know she can do this thing and i can do this thing and and you know we mesh like that together yeah. i mean i more than likely he's probably one of those dudes that he's scared of the spider so she'll go kill it kind of thing you know <laughs> no he no really she she would not... put it
0: outside she would catch it in a glass and That's put it true. outside you know that kill
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> she would not kill it. Um, yeah, but yeah, he never. I mean, and it's it's really refreshing because he's an enforcer and an MC, and yet he does not ever feel like he has to be an alpha male with her. Right? He, you just right. don't see it.
0: It's weird if you think about like he's an enforcer in an MC, and she's basically a flower loving hippie. You know, <laughs> it's like you'd think the two wouldn't go together but they really do. And, you know, we see little hints that she's already kind of a little bit of a rebel. Like, yes, she loves botany. Yes, she's a scientist. She loves knowledge and she loves plants and she speaks Latin and all of that. But she wears skull rings and she has tattoos. She has full sleeves on both her arms. She's not exactly an innocent little maiden, you know, a little damsel who's never had any life experience. You know, she has like a slightly grunge kind of vibe to her and so she's into edgier things even though she's still also into flowers
1: yeah she is not some like naive little science nerd with her nose always in a book Mm -hmm. a lot of times people will have like um book knowledge and they're terrible at like real life
0: right interpersonal relationships and things like that
1: exactly she seems to mesh both really well
0: uh huh. So the wedding. The wedding scene, I think, mm-hmm. is really interesting uh, because no one attends it except for Boozer. It's so telling of their love for each other that they are doing this despite both their families shunning them. And by Deacon's family, I mean the MC. And, you know, Sarah's obviously uh, her middle class slash upper class. I'm not entirely sure she refers to them as middle class, but the art book says upper class. That, you know, they obviously don't support her relationship. The MC, we're not entirely, it's not entirely spelled out why they're not there. Maybe just because he stepped back as a nomad. Um, or maybe they don't approve, but then is there. So it's kind of not really clear. It's such a poignant scene because nobody showed up. And it's like, yeah, they are each other's family now.
1: Yeah, I really love that because you never see Sarah's family, like not in flashbacks or anything. And you only hear about Deacon's in a couple of stories that he tells. Um, you know, Boozer is his family. Um, I know like the MC is supposed to be close. They're brothers. They take care of one another. But when it came right down to it, Boozer is the only one that stood by his side, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and I love the fact that Sarah is gets along so well with Boozer because that's in that's a very important part of Deacon's life um but it it does show the strength of that relationship that nobody supports it but i don't care i'm going to marry you anyway
0: yeah and it doesn't cause any tension between them there's no moment where no. it's like oh maybe this is a bad idea maybe my you know brothers in the mc are right there's none of that it's pure true knowledge that they are meant to be together. They just know.
1: And I mean, she tells him that. She's like, I'm not going to change anything about you for my parents' approval, you know? Yeah. And at the wedding, she tells him, you know, this is how much you mean to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't get angry with him, be like, well, you cost me my parents, you know? Because he didn't. Her parents chose that, and and she acknowledges that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I was looking through the art book and there's a really, really telling little sequence of photos. Let me pull it up. This is on page 55 of the art book. For anyone who's got the art book, there are some uh, concept sketches of Sarah. They were trying out like different uh, facial um, structures and hairstyles and things like that. And the photo that Deacon carries of Sarah, the one picture he has that we see multiple times in the game, They have a few copies of it here, like slight, very slight different tweaks that they'd done with the photo to try out, like just to get it absolutely spot on perfect because, you know, it's it's super important. This is the one thing he has of her and we see it multiple times in the game. Interestingly, the picture they chose, the picture they eventually used in the game, Sarah's not looking at the camera. There's a few where she's looking, you can see her eye line is slightly off and it's directly to the what would be the camera, directly to the lens. And then the one they went with, she's looking slightly off to the side. And you realize she's not looking at the camera. She's looking at Deacon. That look of absolute love yes. on her face is not because she's smiling for a camera. That's the look of love as she's looking at Deacon. He's taking a picture of her, but she is looking at him. And actually, it was so fucking beautiful, and that's why I think this photo has such a sweetness to it, such a such love in it, because you can tell just an eyeline being ever so slightly off that she's she's looking at him taking the picture.
1: I love that picture. It's just yeah, that's one of the amazing things about this game that even when it's not a picture. They did so well with the emotions that you can see on the characters' faces. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so real.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get to Deacon putting Sarah on the chopper.
1: Whew. Yeah, that's a <laughs> rough one. I mean, obviously it had to happen or we wouldn't have a game. Or, I mean, maybe we'd have a different game because it would be Deacon and Sarah and Boozer running around in the ship. But then what is, what is he surviving? It's just her, you know? And I don't right. mean that to say that that would all he would have. And so, but honestly, if he doesn't need to, to find her, if he doesn't have all that rage and that anger, then he and Sarah and Boozer are just hanging out at O'Leary Mountain and he's going out once in a while for beating shit, you know?
0: Right. There's no game, there's no story exactly. without the opening disaster, the opening catalyst, yes. the, opening, the opening of the emotional arc, which is, what did you do? As Boozer says to him, mm-hmm. what did you do? What the fuck? You put her on the chopper. You thought it was a good idea. It seemed like a good idea. It makes sense. She's injured. She is going to die. She needs medical help. She needs to get on that chopper. He doesn't go with her. We've talked about it before on the podcast with, you know, what's going through his mind, what's going through Boozer's mind. But what do you think is going through Sarah's mind in that moment?
1: You know, that's interesting because you can watch their interactions when he's putting her on that chopper. And she's clearly not happy, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, she's upset. I wouldn't like necessarily call it like betrayal on her face, but she knows what choice he's making. She knows that essentially he's choosing Boozer over her. But I think it's really telling of the bond that she has with Boozer that she doesn't blame Boozer. You know, it's not his fault that he got injured. It's not his fault that Deacon won't get on the chopper. He's not leaving Boozer behind because he's afraid Boozer will die. Mm -hmm. If he puts Sarah on this chopper, this neuro person is going to take her to a hospital and she will be safe. She's not going to be out with these freaks that we're seeing. They're going to take her to a facility, you know, whatever camps or things that they've seen that may have been set up at this point. But he believes he's putting her on the chopper to keep her safe, and I think in her mind, she understands him enough that she realizes that that that's what he, she may not see it that way, but she understands how he thinks. Mm-hmm. And she you knows she's if she tries to change his mind, he's going to feel guilty that he left Boozer behind.
0: And obviously, she has a strong bond with Boozer, so she doesn't want to leave Boozer mm-hmm. behind. She doesn't no. want Boozer to be in danger. And of course, at this point, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know that the world, I mean, they obviously have an inkling that the world is falling apart, but they don't know for sure that this is the last time you'll ever get on a helicopter. The helicopters aren't going to exist anymore in like a week or two. You know, hospitals aren't going to exist. You're going to a MASH unit at basically a refugee camp. Mm. Those aren't going to exist soon because they're all going to get overrun they have no idea so no clue it makes sense you know and
1: there's no way for them to when you're in something that which we've learned you know kind of in the pandemic is you feel like it's happening to other people well in their case they are the other people and they mm-hmm. they don't have any way of knowing that she's not going to be safe and she's going to get sent to like what six different camps and they're all going to get overrun it's it's more widespread than they believe and so i think too maybe for her because like i said i don't i don't really see betrayal on her face i i see more resignation because she knows how he is and his loyalty and and you know he's not gonna leave a friend behind and i suppose too for her if if she obviously had known what all was gonna occur afterwards she might feel differently but in that moment she probably thinks that this is a safe choice too They're going to get her to a hospital. They're going to get her help. And then Deacon and Boozer are going to ride up and the three of them are going to weather this together.
0: Yeah, I think if anything, the look on her face is perhaps fear for Deacon and Boozer. Of like, oh God, I feel safe. Thank you. But like, are you going to be okay?
1: Yeah, they're riding into the shit and Boozer's injured. But as far as she's aware, she's going to get medical treatment. And, you know, hospital, that's safe that they take care of people there.
0: So we don't know what happened during the 730 days or more (laughs) between, you know, her getting on that chopper and when we meet her again. We do get a little bit of information that she was moved around a lot. There was the Mm -hmm. surgery at the Nero Camp MASH unit, and that was, they were supposed to be going to Belknap. They got diverted to a unit on the salt flats outside of Silver Lake. She had surgery. She made a full recovery. She was then moved to another camp on the outskirts of Chamult. Now, I think this might be the one at the community college. It makes sense that that's the one uh, where you go to find Weaver's MP3 player. And I'm wondering, there's a chance that she could have been there at the same time as Weaver. It would make sense. But that camp was overrun and only people with clearance were evacuated. That's the one where scary fucking shit went down, where O'Brien says they had already turned on each other by the time the freaks arrived. So it's people turning on people mm-hmm. before the hordes arrived, and the horde was coming. And we know that area, there's a lot of fucking hordes. And I also wonder the horde that takes out that location, I wonder if that's the Chamot Horde, which is the first story horde that we do, which would be kind of poignant in a theme kind of way, that the first horde you defeat, it you know, in canon game terms Mm -hmm. is the one that that potentially could have killed Sarah when she was there. It's the one that, you know, you think killed her because Deacon doesn't know that she got evacuated until he learns that she has clearance.
1: Yeah, and you know, that is interesting because it is the first horde that you are quote unquote forced to do all the other hordes in the game are optional. You know, it's just that one and Iron Butte and the sawmill. But this is the first one that you have to take care of. And yeah, that that would be, in, he's kind of getting revenge for her without even knowing that he's doing it.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. So after she was evacuated, she set, was sent to a different site east of Fort Rock. And that site was the one that was attacked by the militia. So she was forced to join or she willingly joined. We do know that she was out with a recon team. There's some mention of that. So I don't know. I kind of got the impression that maybe she was doing with Nero what she's doing with the militia, like trying to help science, uh, you know, and like try to figure out is there a cure is, you know, how can we get more information about the freaks, get more information about the hooligan virus, figure out how to fix this. And obviously, we find out later that Nero is not necessarily trying to fix this. Uh, but <laughs> Sarah doesn't know that. Or maybe Sarah was doing the same thing that she's doing at the militia. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll totally go get some info for you. And then sneakily, she's working on a cure. We we don't have enough information. But what do you think? Do you think she willingly joined the militia? Do you think she was coerced? Do you think she was threatened into it? What kind of impression do you get? Um. Well, I think it's pretty
1: clear that matt is a nut job i think we see it with the with the crystal character where Mm. they're pretty much just picking up whoever they want and then you get decided if you're in this camp or or this camp you know are you actually good enough to be in the militia um i'm not sure that she would have been given a choice on that like deacon as well and wade i don't think wade ever acts like he was forced into it but then again, he doesn't say much about how he got there, so he could have just right. come in with a bunch of survivors too.
0: Wade seems very much like someone who just goes with the flow and like, oh, yeah, this might this might work out all right for me for a little while. Cool. Yeah. For a little I'm while. safe. Yeah. They're going to feed me. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really seem to think <laughs> things through with a lot of depth.
1: No. <laughs> no, he stands there behind Deacon looking around and then he raises his hand like, like yeah, yeah. Might as
0: well, you know. <laughs> I guess I'm still here. He's kind of like the kid at school that doesn't pay attention to what the assignment is and just watches what everyone else is doing and then just kind of copies them. Not the smartest. But, you know, he seems likable enough. He seems uh, he can learn very quickly to get along with people. So he just takes opportunities as they come and and kind of goes with the flow.
1: He's very adaptable.
0: Yes, adaptable. That's Uh, what I'm looking mm -hmm.
1: for. This is where I find myself right now, so I guess I'm in the militia. And I do like that like he's the only one that that teases Deacon. Or oh my you know, gosh, calls I love Deacon that. out when he <laughs> Yeah. Call him up. Hey, what well, you know, like what are you doing? Like, wait, are you on a secure channel? Oh shit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's just you know, he's learning and, and like he's already taken to Deacon and we're gonna tease him about his name and and, and that pretty woman he was looking for and I I know people have a... I enjoy Wade as a character.
0: I do. I mean, obviously, there's the... There's what he does, which... It's kind of like with Ricky, you know? It's the same thing of, like, Mm -hmm. I like the character. I don't like the decisions they make.
1: Yes. Um, And I think, too, and not to generalize too much, but if you've never had an addiction or been around people who do have one, it's easy to say... Well, he's nothing but a fuckwit and he never should have done that. And I don't have any sympathy for him. It's easy to say that if you don't have that, you know, addiction is an illness. Mm -hmm. It it isn't something people can can necessarily just decide not to have, (laughs) you know. And so I I don't think his actions are forgivable by any means, but he's clearly tormented you know, so I can have some some sympathy for that without condoning what he did in any way, shape, or form.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all we have time for this week. Next week will be part two of Sarah's character deep dive, in which we'll talk all about the reunion and the changes Sarah has been through on her journey. Don't forget, you can support the Days Gone podcast by buymeacoffee.com dot com slash eight bit terror. All contributions are greatly appreciated and really help with the overhead costs of running the podcast. And I'm excited to announce I've just rolled out memberships. You can now support the podcast by subscribing for as little as $1 a month. There are various levels, each with their own perks and rewards. So please check out buymeacoffee.com slash 8BitTerror. And I want to give a big shout out to my channel members, Miranda Satin, Basics of Pain, Captain Caffeine, Jay Stabby, Tom Moose, Anton G., James Guan, Obscured by Inc., and Borislav 24 7. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share so more people can find the show. You can email me your thoughts, comments, opinions, and counter arguments at daysgonepod at gmail.com. You can also find me moderating the Days Gone subreddit. Thanks for listening. Weaver out.